naturally Granny Keto, welcoming you to my podcast, Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. On my website, grannyketo.com, I have a page called Granny's Table with all my favorite keto recipes. I hope this podcast makes you feel that you are sitting at Granny Keto's table just chewing the fat. Discussing this and that, sometimes the science of keto, sometimes chatting with guests, sometimes just talking about the week's adventures, grandkids, how a recipe turned out, or challenges and victories, keto and otherwise. But always friendly and casual, and welcoming you into my home. Pull up a chair and sit a while. Hi, this is Miriam Hatoum, Granny Keto, welcoming you to another episode of Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. I'm looking forward to talking today with Liz and Sam Myers. This conversation will not only be valuable and interesting because of the keto support dynamic between the two of them, but also lots of fun because they travel a lot, mostly by motorcycle. They have lots of tips and stories with staying keto when trying to pack light and being on the go. Welcome, Liz and Sam. Hi, thank you. Anyway, I'd like to get started with my usual question because it's a keto podcast. Let's talk about how you got started with keto. Okay. I, I've always been overweight. Uh, in 2003, I weighed around 340 pounds and had weight loss surgery. Um, I kept the weight off pretty much, almost all of it. There was a little bit of weight creep, um, you know, like 10 years out. And in 2014, Sam had decided that he wanted to try to do a cross-country trip on our motorcycles. Um, and I knew that that was going to be pretty, that was going to be physically strenuous and that I needed to lose weight and get in shape for that. So I started going to the gym and monitoring my intake, um, you know, just trying to eat better. And over a year and a half, I only lost 35 pounds and I had major energy issues. I was tired a lot. Um, to the point that before the trip, I actually had to stop restricting what I was eating because I was so tired. I didn't feel I was safe on the motorcycle. Um, and I decided that when we got back from the trip that I was going to research human metabolism and see why I have so much fat, but I'm so tired and I didn't seem to be using any of it. So during the trip on our way, we were a couple days from being home. I got into an accident. Um, I had to deer on my motorcycle. And I was at home recovering for a few months, and I had a lot of issues with inflammation, of course, you know, trying to heal. Um, and Brenda Zorn, I was friends with her because we both have the same type of motorcycle. And she kept posting these, um, you know, like pictures of steak and talking about this crazy diet. And it really annoyed me. And I was, you know, I'm a research queen, so it annoyed me. I was like, I've got to prove this wrong. So I tried to prove it wrong, and I couldn't. Um, I started seeing the science behind it and started really digging more into the research. I spent probably an entire month, um, poor Sam, of me just being on the couch reading, <laughs> medical, reading medical journal articles, trying to learn how things work. And then I, so two, two years, ago, in a couple of weeks, it'll be two years that I went full on keto. Wow, and congratulations. wonderful for me. Thanks. I want to, I'm going to interrupt for a second before I forget to ask you, 
most people when faced with this would just do research on more diets. What made you look up human metabolism? I mean, that's really, that's really specific and really scientific. <laughs> I'm, I, I troubleshoot things. I fix things. Ah. So for me, it, the diet wasn't the issue that I saw it as not being that the diet was the issue necessarily, but it's how does my metabolism work? I needed to understand that to try to figure out why my diet wasn't working for me, why I was so tired, why I wasn't actually losing any weight. So for me, it was a means to figure out what all the processes are that lead to the end result. Well, you had mentioned that you were not eating a uh quantity, you know, large quantities. Did you find that you're in looking for your metabolism answers? Was part of it the quantity or, or right away, you really learned it was the type of fuel that you were putting into your body? Type of fuel. Um, the moment I was reading the obesity code and the light bulb just went on when Dr. Fung had talked about if your insulin levels are high, your body cannot access anything. It cannot access any stored energy. And that was, that's exactly what was happening to me. That's why I was so tired all the time. I'd eat and I'd feel great. And then I'd, you know, two hours later, I'd be tired again. Oh, wow. Sam, so what did you think of all this research? I just waited for her to <laughs> sift through it all and see what came of it. And did, did you have, did you have, I don't want to say any interest in keto, but what did the, what did this mean for you know meal preparations and did you go along and say haha you know in a month she'll be on to something else or what were your thoughts about this when she when she well, did this of course i started off thinking that like, uh -huh. you know, this was just going to come and go but as she researched it and more information came out and she kind of just pushed me into well let's try this the, 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 I, I, at least she's she said I'm gonna do it uh -huh. well, I do and I do most of the cooking well I'm gonna do it means we are gonna do it <laughs> so, but it, and it really it, it, it all made sense to me what she was saying uh, so I went along with it and just modified the cooking I took the recipes I knew mm -hmm. and just eliminated the carbs out of it like I like to cook Asian, so the the Asian foods, most of the Asian Americanized Asian recipes have sugar or some sort of sweetener. Mm -hmm. Well, I just if you're using fresh vegetables, you don't need that sugar. The the, the freshness is is what matters. The fresh vegetables and the meats, the night that the good meats. So it, we didn't miss it. Wow, that sounds fabulous. Now, did you when you say you modified recipes like? My husband and I are the same way. Like he mostly does all the cooking. Um, and you talk about Asian, we do a lot of Middle Eastern things. And so he has modified those recipes. Like he'll take out the, like he like stuffed grape leaves without the rice or right. the tabbouleh yep. salad. He'll make it without the burdigal in it. I think we put walnuts instead of the burdigal. And so he makes those modifications. But then when the food comes to the table, he'll have rice pilaf, he'll have his potatoes, that sort of thing. So do you still you modify yep. it so the main course is keto and then you add your starches and breads and stuff like exactly. that exactly and, and, and even myself i probably cut out 50 percent of the carbs and i don't feel like i miss it my husband also i mean he he said i don't think i've bought rice in like three months and we yeah. were buying the big 10 pound uncle ben rices you know like every 
I don't want to say every few weeks because yeah. now that the kids aren't home, we don't eat in that quantity. But he was just noticing, or oh, with throwing out so much food, he had bought some, um, like the halloumi cheese and the Syrian cheese and this and this. And today I cleaned out the refrigerator. I said, I think this cheese has gone bad. It's like we're throwing out so much food, whether it's keto or or his stuff, like the, the bread is all dried out or the potatoes have sprouted eyes or yes. stuff like that. Yeah. And I think this was one of the things that you had mentioned, Liz, even and I'm two years this past Christmas and we're still throwing out food and not knowing. And this is with my husband, who's not even doing keto and we still overbuy and and even if we're careful not to overbuy like we used to so two years ago we would grill steaks and we would each have a full ribeye and the ribeyes would be a pound at least so we would sit down and do that and then last summer we started getting one ribeye and dividing it so there wasn't that left over and then it got to the point where we would get the one rib ribeye divided and then still take off some and I would have a steak salad the next day. So we're still we're still adjusting to this. So are you having the same issues with I mean we throw out so many vegetables and we throw and we're really, really careful. And we go to Whole Foods and we practically only shop as we eat. But if you buy a pound of something and you use a quarter of the pound, the rest is going to be bad. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking. So listeners, this is an interview with Liz and Sam, but I'm talking about this because I face the same issues and I want to learn what has worked for you. Yeah, we, we do, we do. We, we've both noticed how much less that we eat now. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, we've had a couple of times where we split the steak a lot of times I would have, or I would eat half the steak for dinner and then take the other half for lunch the next day. Mm -hmm. But then I started fasting more and I'm getting back into that again. So it's like another shift of trying to figure out, okay, what nights am I expecting to not eat? What nights am I expecting to eat? You know, when am I going to eat two meals in a day? You know, just trying to plan and juggle what to do. <laughs> so you told me about your bird. That can't be your bird barking. <laughs> <laughs> Who's joining us on this podcast? That's Frosty. Oh, Frosty. Okay, when you were talking to Frosty before, I thought it was the bird. Okay. Hey, Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so now, Sam, where you, where you um, add your starches and things like that, um, Liz, do you have any trouble facing all that? Like my husband has a huge, huge basket. Listeners, I'm holding up my arms and they are like shoulder wide. And it's just a huge like straw basket and it's pita bread and it's crackers and it's chips. And during football season, it was Doritos. And when the grandkids comes, it's cookies. And, and so, and this is sitting on the table. And I'll tell you, when I'm in the right frame of mind, I don't even see it. It's like it's not there. But when I'm not in the right frame of mind, I often say, geez, if I didn't have this in the house, you know, I wouldn't have these temptations. How with Sam not doing keto, maybe he doesn't have the big, you know, crappy basket like my husband does. But do you find without with you two not 
do both of you doing absolute keto? Do you have any trouble facing the foods in the house that Sam might have for himself? At first, I did a bit. Um, one of my major weaknesses is bread, like really good Italian bread. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, he's Sicilian. We live in an area that's very, Ital- you know, great Italian bakeries and such. So I would have issues with that. And I think he went through a phase of not buying it for me, you know, mm-hmm. not making sure it wasn't in the house. Or properly hiding it. Or hiding, or hiding it. it. I've actually asked him to hide things before. Not necessarily hiding it, but it's not out where you yeah. can see it. Okay. Which is a problem with me. Then I forget about it and it turns into something I got a grade. <laughs> well, that's it. Because about every two weeks, I empty the basket on the table and I go through it. And I said, Joe, do you know you have these five loaves of Italian bread in here? And he's, oh, I forgot I had it. I mean, there was never any forgetting we had food before I did keto. I mean, there was no such thing as forgetting that we had something, whether it was in the fridge or the cabinet or the bread basket or whatever. Um, so it's just funny. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying talking with you because what you're talking real, what you're talking about, really parallels what I'm going through with my husband. He's extremely, extremely supportive. I mean, he has redone all of all of his um, Lebanese recipes and and. He'll never make anything new. He cooks a lot just from his, like, he knows what flavor profiles are. And so he, (laughs) Liz is pointing to Sam. So he knows what goes together. And having been in the food business, he knows how to make sauces and this and this. And so for so many years when I was in the fat-free mode, and let's say I'm 67. I've been doing keto for two years. So that was 65. And my mother took me to my first Weight Watchers meeting when I was 13. 32 years of fat. No, is that 42 years of fat? Or 52 years of fat-free eating. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, oh, my God. And so he had that drummed into his head. And he's so happy now. He's cooking with creams and butters and, you know, all this sort of wonderful thing. So, Sam, when you're cooking, do you find now that Liz is keto that you're even getting more, even though you're modifying it? Like, I know Joe is modifying it, but he gets such pleasure now out of cooking because it's all real food and butter and cream and all of that. What What's your what's your enjoyment level now that she's on keto I, and yeah, cooking? I do enjoy cooking. Yeah. And like you said, it, all these all these fats have their own flavor. Mm-hmm. They, they have, and they, so they they give it flavor so that, that you're just giving it flavor, but in a different way. Exactly. Exactly. So, so Sam, when, she, when Liz started this, did you have any concerns? Because coming from the fat-free world and the, you know, cereal for breakfast and make sure you don't get hungry and eat six times a day breakfast, and all of that sort of stuff. Dinner too. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So, so did you have concerns? I'm doing this two years and my husband will still stop me if he sees me. Isn't that butter? Aren't you afraid to eat all that butter? I mean, this is two years of me on keto and him being supportive. And he will still question when I eat butter and cream. Not all the time, but so, like when he's serving when he's serving something with cream and I, I might add something to it. So did you have any concerns with Liz with, with this way of eating? I know that you trusted her. Obviously, she's a good scientist. She has a good scientist brain. But what were your concerns with us? 
Yeah, I, I still keep that in the back of my mind at this point. It just, just just because I grew up in the in the seventies and eighties when everybody converted to margarine and corn oil, mm-hmm. and and two percent um, milk or one percent milk, you know. So, and and you but you drank all the sugar you wanted. Exactly. So our sodas and, and juices went. So it, it, yeah, it, it was totally opposite from the way I was raised. So yeah, that thought that does go through my mind once in a while, but. Yeah, I don't know. You just push on. <laughs> the research she's done. It tastes good. That's all I care. But I'll I... eat anything that tastes good and smell good. Exactly. And plus what you said before, Liz, about you're eating so much less. I mean, even though people like my husband might have a fear about, you know, the butter or the cream or whatever, if I'm eating once a day, how much damage could I be doing? It's not like all day I'm eating this stuff. Right. You know, and it's just, and it's so funny because every once in a while when he shows his concern about this and what goes through my mind is like, oh my God, I better not have a heart attack. He's going to say, I told you so. But if I'm, <laughs> but if I'm six foot under, he can just say whatever he wants. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I don't want him to say, I told you so. I mean, I believe it. But when you have somebody who's worried about you, you know, you, you just got to think about it. So like when, the recipe you did today called for egg and cream. And I'm like, cream, really? It's <laughs> <laughs> just a coat chicken. And you didn't add butter <laughs> and rub the chicken with well, oil I first? Did put the, we did dunk it in butter, butter and, uh, and hot sauce. A butter and hot sauce. Oh, my God. That might be my little granddaughter. Like if they, if my daughter or my, if my son-in-law does the cooking and my granddaughter, she's only five and she's watched it. She says, don't eat that, Grandma. Too hot for you. Too hot for you. <laughs> <laughs> she eats it. And if it's hot for her, she knows Grandma better not touch it. So anyway, Liz, you said you ate, you know, you were, when you were eating out, you were, you were, so, so anyway, so you ate out and you came home and afterwards looked up what you had eaten because you were talking about you were surprised that there was like so many hidden carbs and things. Is that just when eating out or just even your own food in your kitchen and eating and stuff well, like that? Well, that was, that was Sam, because I, I'd learned a lot because of watching my diet so closely before I had learned a lot about, you know, where carbohydrates were. And some of it was Sam, like I'd come home, you know, in the first month or so I'd come home and like, we'd run through it. I'd be eating already and we'd run through an ingredient list. And he's like, there's cornstarch. And I'm like, just a little cornstarch. (laughs) (laughs) We had a couple of those moments. And some of the vegetables. Yeah. Now, how do you handle vegetables? Are you just a, if it's above ground and leafy and that sort of thing, you know, oh, I should ask you first, do you count macros or do you just aware of this is a good keto meal with a good profile? I'm pretty much just aware of it. I, I'll eat, yeah, I, I definitely eat any above ground vegetables. I mm-hmm. stay away from anything even remotely starchy, but I've really been leaning more toward straight meat and maybe vegetables only once or twice a week. Oh, wow. Um, I don't find that I miss them and I feel really good. Um, part of it is, is I'm still not healed totally from my accident. I still have, have quite a bit of inflammation. I'm still on, um, you know, like a three quarter max dose of anti-inflammatories, mm-hmm. of prescription anti-inflammatories. And I really want to get off of them. So I had worked on, um, at, at Siobhan Huggins had recommended that I 
try just straight carnivore for a month and see what happens, see what that does for me. So I've been working on that and I know I need to at some point get rid of dairy to see if that has any influence on it. That was going to be my next question. If you would cut out dairy and, and found out if that helped inflammation. Yeah, I know I need to. I, I've really, I've, I cut way back on the amount of cheese I was eating. The hard part for me, and I know a lot of people don't count butter for it, but the real hard part for me is cream in my coffee. So I've been trying to transition myself to not drinking, to trying to drink it black or transitioning to tea, not having cream. I have to tell you something now that you, now that you bring that up, because I will only drink cream in my coffee. I don't, I don't, I tried everything. I tried the dairy free. Um, um, oh, what's her name? The healthful pursuit. Leanne Vogel um, oh, yeah. has, does all her stuff dairy free. And so she has a, what she calls a rocket fuel latte made with, um, like cocoa, cocoa butter and stuff like that. And it's, I don't care what you put in it. It's not in the same as cream. So, Craig Emmerich, somewhere on another on another Facebook page, had recommended Peak Teas, P I Q U E, and they they were expensive. And I said, "Oh, I, what am I going to do?" But I, you know, I did it. I ordered it, and I'll tell you, I don't put sweetener in them. I don't do anything. They are absolutely delicious, and it's just I'm not ready. I'm not ready to give up coffee yet. And it's funny because I, you know, it's almost, it's almost out of habit. You know, it's just, I have to sit with that first cup of coffee in the morning and, and, you know, and it's just, and the tea is delicious. And when I have tea in the afternoon, I don't have the coffee. Um, But I'll tell you, no other tea did that. Only these peak teas happen to, to really be satisfying. So I just want to, I just want to throw that out there because I just started with, I just started with peak teas. It would make the transition away from coffee with cream. I have to tell you, it probably would make it easy. And it comes with, I don't like green tea and I don't like white peony tea and I don't like jasmine and all of that sort of stuff. But if I got a bundle where there's the black teas in the morning and then these green teas in the afternoon and an herbal tea at night. And actually, Jason Fung, you talk about the obesity uh, code. Jason Fung, I don't know whether he he worked with this man to make the teas or he supports it. I thought that was, when you said the name, I thought that was the same, that they did the fasting tea. Right. And so this is the fasting bundle. I don't fast, but I have to tell you, two days in a row now, I'm going straight through till dinner. And right now, you know, like the first day it was, I have to eat at five. I have to eat at five. We won't even be, I won't even be sitting down to dinner to seven or seven thirty, And I didn't give it a second thought. So it's supposed to regulate your ghrelin and, um, you know, the hunger pangs and all of this. And I have to tell you, it's only been a couple of days. And even all these teas that I don't like, I've had them. They're actually very good. You only, you mix them with eight ounces of water. So they're really potent. And today I had it as an, they're crystals. And so they dissolve. So you can do it. And I did it with, I made one of them in an iced tea and it was just delightful. So if you're looking to get off dairy, but you can't go with no cream in your coffee, Try the peak teas. Maybe start with yeah, the small bundle. Yeah, it would be very good. So anyway, let's let's get back to eating and food. So, <laughs> Sam, do you have any special recipes that you like yourself, or that that you make for Liz that she likes the best? That peanut butter chicken. Oh, the peanut oh, butter. oh, tell me. Right. All it right. is good. That 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 I I believe that's an Asian 
recipe. Yeah, it, it's just a peanut butter chicken that you, I, I use, of course, the, the, the thighs with the skin mm-hmm. and put it on the the grill. I grill it. Why, you rub it with peanut butter? Yeah, it's a peanut butter, soy sauce, uh, some hot pepper, Ooh. maybe a few other little ingredients. I can't remember offhand. Yeah, it's not real spicy. Yeah, though. it's not real spicy. Okay, then grandma can eat it. Yeah, yeah, and you you can put in as much pepper as you want. Oh, wow, that sounds great. So listen, so listen, uh, Liz being the keto person, you'd think I'd be concentrating on Liz, but Sam, I have a question for you. So what advice, there's a lot of situations where one spouse, be it the wife or the husband, does keto, and the other one says that's a lot of malarkey, and refuses to give up everything and refuses to, um, you know, even make any changes or variations or whatever. So can you sort of speak to that? Even the most basic science behind it, you, you, you take out all the high-tech stuff, just just the fact of the carbs, reducing the amount of carbs. Everybody knows that's good. Right. So why not just start with that? Absolutely. And that's what I've done. At my level, I've probably, like I said, I've eliminated 50% of my carbs at, at least. I oh, don't wow. go to the Italian bread. I don't, I, I, it's been a long time since I've had cereal. Well, I used yeah. to go through boxes of cereal yeah. a week. Wow. So yeah, this his, his cereal bowl was a casserole. It was a Pyrex, round Pyrex casserole dish. Oh, wow. So I guess, I guess the word is you can be supportive without even trying yeah. that hard. And even the pastas, I, I I crave pasta until I make it, and it's like, eh, <laughs> I end up just having a little bit of it, and the dog gets the rest of it. Well, and I'm just the opposite. I never think of it, but if I'm somewhere and the person next to me has the pasta, that I that I might want it. Or the same with the bread. I could go buy that bread basket, but when my husband heats up that bread in the oven, it's like, oh my god, you know. It's and the thing is, is that. I tried I tried the slippery slope route. Um, I didn't intend for it to be a slippery slope, but one slice won't hurt me. One cup won't hurt me. One cup. And the thing is, I think that sometimes if you're eating keto and come from a place where you do not have weight loss issues, that you can maybe do that. But I think when you have weight loss issues and you've had issues your whole life, I talk about the food, the ingredients not being the trigger, but the concept being the trigger. So that I could make a loaf of keto bread and have a slice, but it's a loaf. I could make keto cookies and one is the whole batch of cookies because it's the concept of the cookies and the bread and all of that. So let me ask your, so I don't do all of that stuff. I just don't. So let me ask your, your, you're shaking your head, your opinion on that. I mean, I have friends that just came to this just for health, health, health concerns. And she said, oh no, you'll eat one fat bomb and you'll be so full. And I says, what, what does being Much full like have candy. to do with, what does being full have to do with it? If yeah. being full was part of the equation, I wouldn't be overweight. So 
what's your thing also? Because you're agreeing with this on not eating all the keto goodies. So what do you, where do you stand on this? You're absolutely right about somebody being met- metabolically deranged versus Sam who's metabolically healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't walk away from those things. You know, like, like one thing Sam will never bring into the house is Oreos. Because mm-hmm. that, I just, that, I, I don't know that I could resist that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually find, and I've done some keto baking. I'm, I work a lot and I'm kind of lazy, so I don't do it a lot because it takes a lot of effort sometimes. Uh-huh. But you've um, been saying the, the weekend, same thing lately. Well, in oh. the weekend before last, I went to um, um, Carl from the Two Keto Dudes. He has mini keto fast at his house. And mm-hmm. I went to it a couple weeks ago. And Carrie Brown was there and had made three small portions of dessert. So I ate one tiny mini muffin that she made. Absolutely wonderful apricot cardamom muffin. I ate one small shortbread cookie, which was also incredible. the cranberry almond shortbread. And I had uh, one little, a tiny scoop of a truffle. You know, of course, everything was sugar-free. Right. You know, keto treats. And, you know, not full whatsoever. I just had one tiny little portions, didn't want any more. And it just sent me off the rails for a week, pretty much. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm not thinking about, oh, I'll go home and make keto brownies. Oh, I'll do this. Oh, I'll do that. I um, it really set me off. And I just, I, I think I'm just really, I just, I can't have that stuff. I absolutely understand that. And, and it's nice to hear somebody of, I mean, I'm sorry for you that you're of the same, <laughs> that you're of the same mind. Cause it's not a, it's not a great way to be. But what I started to say is I'm happy about it. Cause I've had so many people say to me, well, you know, you'll be full after like one slice because of all the fat. And I go full, like full has nothing to do with it. You know, and you have to you have to understand that. And it's it's just it's just funny when you do keto because I mean keto is keto, but you have to understand what you're bringing into it and where you came from and your background. Um I had made keto bread and I was dying for a grilled cheese. And I have to say I had a grilled cheese sandwich. It was fantastic. I took another slice of bread and ate it frozen and threw out the rest. Okay, so I had my bread, I had my I had my my grilled cheese sandwich and I'll do it again. But if I make the bread, I'll probably I don't won't throw it out, it's a waste, but I'll make plans for it. Like I'll yes. bring it to my daughters or or something like that. So it's you know, people people think oh keto is the magic bullet. It might it might load the bullet with the gunpowder to get get you where you're going, but you know what it's encased in your dieting history, your metabolic issues, um, your mind issues, and all of this sort of stuff. So it's just I think it's important for people to hear that you know you still you still have to be I, I don't want to say it's hard, but you still have to be mindful and know that if you go down certain rabbit holes, what you do is just not even go in the room with the rabbit holes, let alone step around it. Right. So now I want to, not that this hasn't been fun, it has been, but I want to get to the fun stuff about your motorcycle <laughs> riding. And, and first of all, tell me a little bit just about that. Don't even include keto. Like where you, where you go, do you, do you spend summers doing this? Are you in a motorcycle club? You know, that sort of thing. And then let's talk about how do you do keto from the back of a motorcycle? Okay. 
Well, we actually met because of motorcycles. Um, I got divorced and bought a motorcycle. I'd always wanted, I, I've always had horses and the idea of riding a motorcycle off-road appealed to me. So I went and got that style of motorcycle and got my license. And um, one of my friends set up a camping trip up north and that's actually where I met Sam. Um, Cause he had the same type of motorcycle as I did. And we just started hanging out and riding together. And um, yeah, we went from weekend, you know, day trips to weekend trips to I think Good our fun. first big trip. I think my first year riding within a couple months of meeting him, he took me on a week and a half long trip up to Maine. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was still a very new rider. I'd only had my license, I think, maybe three months at that point. And it was in the fall, during yeah. the rain. And, and, the he, cold. He, scared, he scared me to death with moose. You keep seeing all these, you know, oh. you hear about moose, and they're so tall that your headlight doesn't necessarily shine on them when you're on a motorcycle. So, yeah, that was, yeah. Um, <laughs> Is your night driving kept to a minimum? Um, I would it, hope. Yes. I used to ride a lot more at night. Since my accident, I think I've maybe ridden after dark once, and I'll only do it if I can be behind another vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like I'll try to, I'll try to draft on a car so that if anybody hits a deer, it's going to be the car. <laughs> good point. Good plan. Good plan. So, how do you travel on keto? Well, uh, bacon. Usually, Sam will, will cook a couple pounds of bacon. Pelican. Okay. <laughs> Pelican. Uh, pemmican. Um, when I did the trip out west to meet up with um, um, to meet up with Brenda and come back to Keto Fest with her, I had made pemmican, um, figuring that that because I was still pretty new to keto at that time, and I didn't trust myself to be on my own, you know, because I was gonna I was gonna be traveling by myself out to up to Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota, and I didn't trust myself to make good food decisions, um, you know, being by myself and under stress and such. So I made pemmican. I basically it's making, you know, in in very simplified. You basically you just make you make jerky, you know, dried meat, and then you pulverize it in the food processor, and then mix in beef tallow with it, and then I put some some freeze dried raspberries in it for flavor. Sounds like an epic bar. Have you ever had those? <laughs> I haven't. I've looked at yeah. I've looked at them. Coworkers have told me about them. Yeah. Uh, but the bacon really, you know, in that trip, I was in mid to upper 90s most of the trip. And, you know, of course, I, I didn't carry an ice pack or anything. And bacon actually, cooked bacon lasts a lot longer than you think it might. Wow. It really does. I think I was, I think I finished it, day six, I finished it. And it was just, I think, or I th actually, I think I didn't finish maybe two pieces of it because it started smelling kind of funky. <laughs> now, does it stay crisp or do you eat it sort of limp? By the time uh, it's well, I, I I like it crispier, so I like it brown and kind of crispy. So mm -hmm. it's pretty, yeah. No, it doesn't it doesn't get like super limp or anything. It's you know you still pick it up and it pretty much keeps its shape. Right. Oh, so that's um, that sounds good. What else did you What else did you take with you on that trip? And then how is that different from when you're traveling with Sam? And now even you're two years into it, so your food decisions are better. Yes. So how did that all yes. change from the first trip to sort of take me through to where you are now? The, the first trip, all I did was the bacon and the pemmican. I actually wound up eating pretty much just one, one meal a day because the, pen, pel, the pemmican is good, but it's not super tasty. So I didn't want to eat a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So I would just subsist on that. Um, we did eat a meal at Brenda's friend's house on the way back. 
Yeah, so the three days that I was traveling back with her, we ate normal meals. And that was easier because, because of course, she's keto. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had that encouragement. Right. Um, then, so when we go on trips, like this past summer, we went on a trip with two other couples up to Canada. And neither, none of them are keto. So I tried to make snacks that I can include everybody in. So I made, I took Parmesan. I, I still took bacon. I take bacon with me. Everyone laughs at me. Purse bacon's a thing. Um, and... I made Parmesan crisps that everybody absolutely loved. Yep. And I take macadamia nuts with me that people really like. Um, and when I'm traveling, I'll, I'll wear, especially if it's hot out and I'm sweating, because um, I wear full gear. So, you know, I don't have exposed skin. Um, I wear a camel back and I put salt in the water mm-hmm. to make sure that I can keep up on salt, um, salt intake. And a lot um, of chicken wings. Yeah, a lot of chicken wings places where we stop. Chicken wings and bunless burgers. Uh-huh. That that does get a and it's really really hard to eat keto in Montreal in the Montreal area. Now why? <laughs> because a lot of people actually actually in Montreal people speak English. Once you get outside of Montreal, you might find somebody who can speak it well enough to order something, but you can't really converse about ingredients. I didn't, I completely didn't expect that. <laughs> well, did you, could you just stick to something like, you know, hard boiled eggs and a steak or, you know, even that stuff isn't that available on the road? Yeah, that, um, I'm trying to think one place in particular we went to, I thought I was getting, I thought I was getting a pot roast because oh, she's right. like, oh yeah, pot roast. But it was <laughs> actually, it was pot roast meat, but it was in a tomato sauce and I yeah. knew it had, you could just tell it had cornstarch or something in it. So I just... Yeah, I just kind of picked up the carrots and the meat and oh, ate that. Right. But, you know, you think you know what you're getting, but. But yeah. not so much. <laughs> now, when you, sh- so so when you do these trips, like you make this bacon and this pemmican, it's called? Mm-hmm. Pemmican. Okay, so do you do other things? Like, I know I was at Trader Joe's and they have the single serve, like, salami and cheese packs. And then just last week I found um, salami sticks, not the stuff that's rolled with the cheese in the middle, but just salami sticks, you know, thinner than a thinner than a pencil and about that big. Um, so do you do you look for packaged food that you can, let's say, throw in your knapsack or or sort of what sort of pre pre food i mean not pre prepared food that do you bring um i've i have actually just recently started doing more for the sausages there's a um in the the city that i work in there's a grocery store that has really really nice affordable good salamis and sausages and i've started getting those so i'll actually keep those because they keep for so long i'll keep them at work as a stash if i want if i need something um, so I'll be adding, so this year I'll be adding that to our traveling. Um, those can get kind of weird though, if, if, because our, our luggage on the motorcycle is metal, it's aluminum. Mm-hmm. So if you're in pretty intense heat, that gets kind of slimy. Oh, who would have? The sausages, they get a peanuts. little. You brought peanuts. Peanuts? Uh, not peanuts. I've done pecans and I've done macadamias. I think. What do you have peanuts with you? So let me ask you, so the motorcycling isn't even the only energetic athletic thing you're doing. You're saying that you want to do a triathlon this year. Tell me about that. That's my goal. Last year, I did did the run and bike sections of a sprint triathlon, a very short triathlon. Okay, doesn't matter if the the word try 
and Athlon go together. It's it's impressive. Um, and the the swimming is still an issue because of the, because of my injuries again. So I've I've always been an avid swimmer. I've you know just I've always swum my entire life. I've been a swimmer. And I, when I tried to train for the triathlon last year, I got into the pool and realized I couldn't even do one length down the pool. So that, so I had to give up on trying to do the swim part, but I'm determined this year to be able to do the swim part so wow. that I can do all three of it. And, and I just, my goal is just to finish and not have any time disqualification. I'm fine <laughs> I, if I'm last. I love that. I did, I did my very first 5k and I was doing it with a leg brace because um, I've since, I've since had uh, two knee replacements, oh. but this, this was prior to the replacements and I had like a special custom made titanium brace or something. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, an ace bandage. It was like yeah. a serious brace. And I was walking and I came in last and I said, I I don't care. They, they had all, when you talk about disqualification, I mean, they had already folded up the tables <laughs> and they were gone. I think one person was kind enough and recorded my time, but I, <laughs> so I wasn't, but I know, I know what you mean when you say you just don't want to be disqualified and you don't care if you come in last. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the, the challenge is just to do it. You know, and 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 just to just to say something off the top of my head, that's the thing with keto that I try to tell people who say, well, I'm not losing weight. That Well, first of all, they're looking at probably 27 year old women who've never been on a diet in their life and they're not metabolically deranged. And yeah. I said, you don't. Don't compare that to yourself. I mean, you have the the important part is not how fast you get to the end or whatever. Just just do it. And I and I tell these people, I says, you know, your body isn't stupid. If you have internal healing to do, like now you're 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 dealing with your inflammation. I said, if you have internal healing, your body isn't going to say, oh my god, but she has a dress that she has to fit into for a wedding in June. I mean, they don't care. It's the body only wants to get down your inflammation and get down your, you know, your, your triglycerides and this and this. So when you're saying about the goal is just to finish, it's, it's almost like a metaphor for doing keto. You just want to do it and do it and just have, it doesn't matter when that when you fit into that smaller dress and it doesn't matter if you don't lose as fast as someone you're doing it with and you know all that sort of stuff so i really i really commend you on that so not to get personal about your injury but since you said the swimming bothers you is it a shoulder thing that that you're in the midst of now um yeah when the um i hit the deer head on and my bike flipped Oh God. So I was launched so I was launched into the pavement. So my left the whole left side of my torso, my ribs, I think ribs one through six or one through seven were had multiple fractures. My collarbone was badly fractured. Um they think because I had a lot of pain in my scapula, so they think that might have been fractured too, but there there's nothing they can do for it, so they didn't x ray it. When I got home, the guy I saw explained that. Right. Uh, so I have I, I have a lot of just a lot of muscle healing still going on. And you're aware of how lucky you are. Oh, that, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah I, the, only, the only reason I survived is because I wear full gear. My... Um, my cousin is a motorcycle um, rider down in the Cape, and he'll go out on a 90-degree day, and he is leather 
from head to toe, and I think he got tossed off the motorcycle once. And so he lost all his skin, his skin being the leather that he was wearing. And you see these people out there with, you know, Daisy Duke shorts and tank tops, and you go, what is going on here? So, you know, you're very lucky. I mean, there are people in in pickup trucks that have been killed by by hitting a deer or a deer oh, yeah. running into them. So, wow, what a what a story about that. And it's really it's really commendable about this, you know, that you want to run the triathlon and for next year you're looking at swimming because you could just roll up in a ball and just say I'm done. I and that that's kind of what happened last year when I tried to swim is that I it was so dispiriting that I couldn't do I mean I couldn't do for more than four or five six strokes at a time from something that wouldn't have been a problem for me I probably could have gotten in after three after three times swimming I probably could have done the whole triathlon bit oh wow you know it was just so dispiriting that I was just like I can't do this so, wow. and, I, and, and I haven't gotten back to swimming yet. That's something I really, I need to make myself start doing, you know, finding a time that nobody's in the pool and going. My niece does full triathlons in Chicago. So I know that ah. I, I know the training involved and I know the dedication and I commend you for that. So Sam, are you doing any triathlons in your future? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he didn't even have to think about that. I'm not doing triathlons. <laughs> so, and anyway, support crew. You're the support crew, and I got to tell you, you are absolutely fantastic support. I mean, how many, how many spouses just don't have this, and not only support but sabotage. I mean, yeah. we read about sabotage, and and uh, it's just like, why? You know. And the family members too, you know, I had read about somebody that their mother-in-law keep kept giving them candy for Christmas, that kind of thing. And his family also has been 100% supportive. That's wonderful. So you haven't had any, so we're doing this now, we're talking now in February. So you got through Christmas and Thanksgiving and, and family support and, and just everything is there for you. That's great. Now, let me ask you something only because you brought it up um, to go to Carl's dinners. I wish they were a Sunday afternoon because I would come down. I'm about a two and a half to three hour drive down. I'm in Boston and actually Framingham. So I'm already, okay. I'm already like 45 minutes or 50 minutes west of Boston, but to come down at night for a dinner, it's it's too much it's too much driving. I mean, maybe one of these days, you know, my husband will come down with me and maybe we'll just get a hotel or something. So what's but I've always been curious because I see them post pictures and it's so interesting. So what are these get togethers like? I They're really fun. I, I go to help him cook. Um, they people people start arriving. I think this time they start arriving maybe 430. Mm hmm. Or four thirty somewhere in there, and it's just a whole bunch of people just talking about their experiences. Some of us know each other, but this time I think I maybe only had met one person that was there already, you know, right. other than the person that I was cooking with, you know. But it was all new people and just listening to them share their stories. And then Julie Fox from um, Fox Kitchens, I think so. <laughs> I can't believe I blanked on that. 
um, she comes down. So you have a lot of people that have a lot of experience there. You know, you have Carl, you have Carrie there, and then all these people who are just new to it. You know, and so somebody will, will come up to me and ask me for my story and ask, or ask me how long that I'd been keto. I tell them two years and they're just like, oh, wow. You know? <laughs> I know getting Carrie in, into this part of the this neck of the woods was a great great uh, coup for us to get her here, but you got to tell Carl make it a lunch, maybe make it a Saturday or a Sunday lunch, and he'll he'll get another couple from Boston. I'm looking. Are you going to Keto Fest this summer? Yes, yes, yes. I I've been to the I've been to the last two. I again I go and I help. Yeah, I help with everything. I I I. Actually, I got a hotel for Keto Fest, but then I canceled it because we put an offer in on a house and yeah. and it's a what's called a short sale. So it's it's the step before foreclosure. So it was accepted by the buyers, which means nothing. Now we have to wait for the whole bank process and everything. And I said, oh, Joyce, you'll see. It, we're going to need a moving truck the the weekend of Keto Fest. And I didn't want to be, you know, if you want a good room, it's non-refundable and, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. I said, oh, I'll just, and I have a friend in um, Hebron, Connecticut. So if I have to, I, you know, if I decide to go down, I'll stay with her and the two of us will go together. So I'm sorry that I can't make absolute plans to do that. Sam, you go to that also? I did go to last year's, yes. Yeah, and I hear it's a lot of fun. So it's a mixture of education and and the the festival itself. Like, what yeah. do they do? Yep, the social Saturday um, nice. and then the science Sunday. Uh, this year they had two venues. They had one venue that had speakers and then podcast recordings. Um, and then they had another venue where they, it was all speakers. It's in an older theater. Oh, wow all speakers and then Saturday they have um they have a, all sorts of food all sorts of vendors out there um they have a pig roast oh geez there's so much that goes on there's a local wine shop that they do they did cheese tastings um the the, the local community and a number of restaurants that ketify their menu for people so it's so nice to be able to just go in I was able to order pad thai keto pad thai see that's what cool is that that's what impressed me is that all of these restaurants i mean they just really come around for this i wonder if any of the restaurants keep some of these meals on their on their menu like year round or whether they just do it for the festival i know one of the one of the restaurants and um, I can't think of the name of it, um, but I know that, that the owner had started doing keto. Mm -hmm. So they do. So so he kept some on. And I believe the Thai restaurant kept the keto pad Thai. Whoa. I'm pretty sure they did, because that's what I was wondering about. That if Because I was going to go and, go to Mystic. I was going to take Sam's never been to Mystic. So we were going to go there. And I figured, oh, we can I can have keto pad Thai, you know, making sure that they were doing it during that time well as soon as the snow is off the ground sam you got to go to mystic it's just <laughs> it's beautiful the there food at the end of the road I'm there. <laughs> well you tell well anyway you tell those guys we want a lunch and then maybe i'll get to meet you at keto fest if the if the bank doesn't accept if the bank doesn't accept the offer and we just continue to look at houses then i can sort of do that on my schedule and i'll just go and i'll remake those reservations and i'll just make sure i'm free that weekend but since we're tied up in the whims of this bank yeah you just, i mean i can 
it's it's not that I can't do closing whenever I want, but I just don't know whether you know when it's even going to be accepted. So I sort of want my summer open just in case. Well, so. That whole process is stressful enough without having to add on trying to make plans to do things around it. And exactly. But hopefully I'll see you. Hopefully I'll see you there. So anyway, this has just been delightful. But I want to put out there, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? I think we pretty much covered so. everything. Anything else? Okay, so what I want to ask you, and I may have done this, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you for your quote, but <laughs> what I wanted to ask you, I put up recipes every week on my website. Actually, Mr. Granny Keto puts up recipes every week on the website. And it's it's really hard. I'm not a recipe developer. I'm just like, let's see what we can do and take the rice out of it sort of thing, you know. So it's kind of hard to come up with that every week. So now I had this brilliant idea that I'm going to make my podcast guests give me their favorite recipe. <laughs> so if I broadcast every other week, it means two come from my guests and two have to come from me. So, I mean, I love this peanut chicken idea. But if you have something else, please, I, if you know right off the top of your head, Man, I'm giving her this one. You can tell me now. Otherwise, listeners, it will be in the show notes and it'll be on my, um, I think I, I think that part of my website is called Granny's Table. So you'll see it on Granny's Table. But is there any recipe off the top of your head you think you'd like to share? That peanut chicken. So let me ask you, it goes on the grill. So all the marinade would fall into the grill. But is there anything like left to scrape for like a dipping oh, yeah. sauce or something? Oh, no, it's there's enough that stays on the chicken that it, there's a crispy outside to it. OK, so listen, I want that recipe. <laughs> <laughs> my husband, my, my husband keeps a screened. It's. It's, I guess it's a gazebo, but it's a screen and he keeps it out on the deck. And yesterday he was out grilling and it's, you know, it's only like 29 degrees here, but it wasn't snow. No, yesterday was snowing. Day before it wasn't snowing. So he went out and he grilled. We had steaks. And then he said, you know what? He said, I'm just going to put it in the gazebo because with the screen, there's enough, um, there's enough ventilation. He says, I'm just going to grill through this, through the snow and the rain and everything. So I want that recipe. <laughs> That'll be, as soon as you can get it to me, we're going to make it. And then I'll be able to put a review on the show notes and say this was yummy. I'm telling you in advance, listeners, because I think it is going to be yummy. So um, that, and then also, Liz, I asked you to share a quote with us, which is how we usually wind up. Um, and it doesn't have to be keto-related, but it's always good if it's keto-related. It's like sort of a motivation. So... If if you have, do either of you have anything else you want to make sure we share on this podcast, or should we go straight to the quote? No, no. I think the quote. Okay, so and so, what's what's your quote for me? So mine is it's not attributed to anybody. I saw it on a t shirt, a t shirt <laughs> or a poster or something, and it just spoke to me. But they said she couldn't, so she did, and I that love... is just very much my life. I love it. I'm writing it down. I mean, I know you're going to send it to me, but I want to have it right by hand so I can see it immediately. She said she couldn't, so she did. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have nothing else to add to that because you've absolutely shown that she could. 
Okay. And you've shown that with the right, right person by your side, it's even a little easier to do. She could. (laughs) And Sam, I thank you so much, first of all, for being on this podcast, because you had so much to contribute. And I and I thank you for just being a really supportive spouse in her journey, because I'm lucky. And and, and I know, and Liz is lucky, and so many people aren't out there who are. And I hope that people listen to this. And like you said, you just, you know, you cut out your carbs. You, you know, you have your rice on the side, but don't force it on, on her. I mean, it, it can be, I think that support it can be, can be easy. I'm not easy. It can be less hard than you would think. Oh, I'm not going to do that. And it, and it doesn't have to be that hard. You know, and and love should fuel it anyway if it's hard. So I I thank you on many levels, Sam, and I thank you so much, Liz, for coming on. And this was really this was really a pleasure. And I hope to meet you in Connecticut. Yes, <laughs> I hope to meet you too. <laughs> okay, listen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And keto on. Okay, keto on. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Hi, this is Miriam back again. I was so quick to say goodbye and thank you to Liz and Sam that I forgot to ask them about some media addresses that they would like to share with you. So Liz, tell me, I you said you have some blogs. Let me know about them. Yes, we have a trip blog. It is, the address is ridewiththal, T-H-A-L, dot blogspot dot com. And we put we we do little records of our motorcycle trips and our snowmobile trips, depending whatever the season is. Anything interesting that we do, and we've also this past season we started uh, doing little reviews on the places that we stay and the places that we eat. Um, one of my things is it can be hard to find a restaurant that will accommodate somebody who's keto. Um, you know, I've come into restaurants and we started doing this. I was in Salem, Massachusetts and had a restaurant that was going to upcharge me to have green beans instead of potato for my dinner. So that started this. Um, right now, only northeastern states have any entries for them, but that should change in a couple months because I'll be riding out west. Wow. Excellent. Any Anything else that you wanted? This will all be in the show notes, guys, so you won't miss anything. But I... I missed it, so I want to make sure I ask you if there's anything else at this point. So you, so Sam, did you do you have a separate blog, or what she's talking about is is the combined blog? Yeah, no, we share that one. Oh, perfect, perfect. Okay, so make sure you send me that. We're going to have the recipe and these blog addresses in our show notes. So be sure, and I'm also going to put the link for um, her interview that she did with Daisy Brackenhall on the Keto Woman podcast. And um, so you'll be able to hear more about her, her adventures with Brenda. And just very, very interesting. So thank you very much. Thank you for coming back. Thank you, listeners, for letting me add this little snippet much appreciated okay now goodbye as my children would say goodbye for real (laughs) (laughs) bye 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 I would ask that you leave a review on iTunes to get the ball rolling. 
Also, be sure to like my Facebook page, Granny Keto LLC, and visit my website, grannyketo.com, especially to sign up for Dancing with Keto. I also have a YouTube channel with informative videos that you might find a little different from other channels. After all, have you ever seen a belly dancer in costume teach you about keto? 